0: There's not, like, climb marks. There's just, like, this is a seven-foot-tall broken branch.
1: Okay.
0: Like, black bear's not going to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. Without getting
0: up in the tree and breaking it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know, you know. So says me, Mr. Wildlife Expert, (laughs) who's definitely seen a black bear in real life. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they, are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't uh, know, planes man. that
1: they're building? And police in Espanola are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. It's this weird animal-like creature that was shot. wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome, to strange uncles. I'm Shane. Hmm. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm Josh. It's always a thing. Jesus Christ. No, man. I'll tell you. I mean, we talked a little bit before the recording. Um, fuck, man. Work is flustering, dude. Oof. I mean, good to have a job, but woo, a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, dude. Oh man. So tired. Yeah. No. Get it. Totally get it. Well, you know. But this is what uh, brings a little little joy to my. Tiny little voided life over here is this podcast, so, you know, welcome boys and girls to another another Strange Uncles. Um, we are actually doing our uh, fourteen News that, uh, if you're new listeners, usually do this like once a month. We try to, uh, gives us kind of a break, gives us uh, good fun things to kind of throw out there. I do want to start with this, and I want to throw this out to you because I was after we got done. So the wife and I, um, you know, we both work from home the majority of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. Lucky. well, I used to. Yeah. Wound. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, sorry. Don't mean to pour salt in the wound, however. Um, but, you know, we're still stuck in the house, right? We got that thing going on. So, And with the baby coming and everything else, we decided the wife was like, let's just do like a staycation. And I was talking a little bit. On the last episode, that's what we did, you know. So we went, we rented a Davenport, and we, you know, which is a f- historic hotel downtown, uh, Spokane, and just did a night. dropped the dogs off. It was really fun. But in the outcome of that, we had a little downtime, so we decided we were going to go watch a movie. I know you are not a horror fan, dude, but I am going to tell you what I this thing blew my mind. So you are kind of familiar with a twenty four studios, right? Got some of yeah. the stuff they do, okay. Kind of a little up and comer, you know, they've been around for a while, but the, but they're known for just good movies, you know, like, um, yeah, that M. not even just horror, but a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, it, it's yeah. crazy. So, we went and uh, we watched Infinity Pool that has uh, Scarsguard in it, right? Who was like Pennywise in it, the new remake, and all that stuff, big, tall, yeah, I think he was in the Northman, all this other stuff. Uh, no, that was his older brother. they oh, like there's so. Two. Their
0: dad, uh, Stellan, mm-hmm. was he was like the math professor in Goodwill Hunting. Um, uh, okay, he has like seven kids, like seven sons or something like that, like a, a fuck ton of good of kids.
1: Does he know how that and works? At oh. least three or four of them are in movies now. In the movie, is it kind of like the um, <laughs> like the Sheen yeah. family? It's the same thing, right? Everybody's kind of
0: yeah. So. So the oldest one is the one that was in Northman and he was in like generation kill and true blood and, and like he's been around for a while. That might uh, be the guy. I, uh, Alexander Skarsgård. I want to say, yeah, Bill is the one that was uh pennywise. Oh, he's okay. like, good call. Not necessarily the next youngest. I don't know. There are are at least two or three of those guys that are making, the Television bounce, bounce movies now. It, it's crazy. It's yeah. like the Baldwin's. They're in all really good. So
1: it's like, but, cool, do your thing. I absolutely. Guess. No, it's cool. Well, so I want to say The Infinity Pool is mind blowing. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the premises. It's a horror movie, but at the same time, it's a thriller slash sci fi slash there's comedy elements in there. It is mm, so weird. By the time the movie was done, the wife and I were like, holy shit, what did we just watch? Like it was, ju- it was phenomenal. So, listeners, if if you it's playing in the theaters, I'm sure it's going to be on demand here shortly. Uh, check out the Infinity Pool. It, it's and actually the and the cool thing about this too, um, David Cronenberg, which uh, you may or may not know, he's been being around Hollywood forever. He's a director, producer. He's had like way back when he had the. Uh, he just came out with uh, Crimes uh, from the Future that I think has Viggo Mortensen in it. He had a lot of the eighties and nineties weird, just bizarre horror movies. Like he just has this eye for weird shit. The
0: name sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you anything he's done.
1: Yeah, and I and I can look it up during the thing if it comes up. He did one with there was like two doctors that were twins, and they were that was the first one I remember seeing. Um, And it was just it was weird. But anyway, the, the producer and director and writer of Infinity Pool is his son's first stab at, or one of his first stabs at doing this. And so it's like Cronenberg passed on the baton and his son did this thing and, and he blew the Sundance away. And, man, I'll tell you what, I, I just want to tell, you know, if you guys are into just weird, strange shit, give it, give it a little bit. It takes like 10 or 15 to kind of get out of the normalcy into what it's doing. But, man, it, it it's one of the best weird shows I've seen in forever. It was really good.
0: The way you're describing it sounds like the way people describe it that movie barbarian like i don't want no spoilers you've got to go into it not knowing <laughs> right. anything
1: yeah 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 but yeah and we watch that one too and i was like well, am i missing something the critics are missing because i i didn't like that show i did i think it was very good eh, i mean i whatever. i don't think i'm ever gonna watch it so yeah, you probably won't <laughs> you're not a big one yeah guy, but you know anyway no, um, like yeah. i
0: i like when it comes to scary movies i like stuff that's more uh like, thriller, like, psychological thriller right, kind of right, stuff, you know? Right. Less, like, body horror, less slasher
1: stuff. I, I'm not know? a big slasher guy. I like the weird shit, like, uh, you know, The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp where it talks about the yeah, devil. and uh, that That's stuff I like. That's which, my forte, you, I, you know? I, I'm sure I said this because it was at
0: this point recently, is pro- at least six months ago, but I watched mm-hmm. that quote-unquote recently, and I was like this is not scary. This is fucking ridiculous.
1: (laughs) It has a weird premise to it for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I was just like, I remember this movie giving me the creeps when it Mm. came out, and my old roommate had it on DVD when it first came out on DVD, and we used to watch it all the time, and I was like, whoa, that's creepy, and I watched it again within the last, like, six or eight months, and was just like... Nothing. (laughs)
1: Like, it
0: was fun to watch it, but I was like, this is not creepy this is yeah, just yeah. actually kind of dumb and silly and I, I mean it was still fun you know but
1: yeah i love shit like that and you know i've never been a slasher guy friday the 13th and the nightmare on elm streets i've never got into them i just was never i'm not i don't give a shit what jason Voorhees is doing i don't care you know but it, the weird stuff i really like and and boy i tell you what yeah it, it's uh for sure for sure one of those well. weirdies so
0: Speaking of weird stuff, Cocaine Bear comes
1: out at the end of the month. <laughs> I was So the wife and I picked up this other show that's on FX slash Hulu um, called The Patient. Have you watched that with uh, Steve Carell? I watched like the first episode and then I lost track of it. Did you? Okay, it's like 30 minutes yeah. at a chunk, which is easy to digest, right? Um it's a really good, like you're talking. It's a thriller. It's, I'd pick it back up. It's really good. But in between, so we're cheap and we got the free version of Hulu where they have the commercials in between. And dude, they have that on. Oh a not my god, cheap one too. Do, They're do just they really? a little bit less. Yeah, well, you know. Needless to say, I watched a trailer for Cocaine Bear about 18 times last night. And I'm like, okay, I don't know whether I want to watch this or I've already watched the whole thing. But oh man, you know.
0: I just love it. It's based on a true story, but in real life, I don't think cocaine bear fucked anybody up. I think he just ate like 10 pounds of cocaine and then had a heart attack and died. That's kind of what it looks like. But,
1: well, and I think they're raving it because, you know, it's Ray Liotta's last film before he passed and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, you know, I, well, I mean, and it looks like utterly fucking ridiculous. It, it it looks pretty gnarly. Doesn't it? Watching it. It's like, Oh Jesus Christ. You got, it's like snakes on a plane. I watched yeah. Snakes on a plane. I went, Holy shit. I will not go back and review that fun. But not that fun. So there's there's that. But anyway. But, uh, yeah, I want to throw some things out there for your listeners. You know, a little tidbits to, to eat on for sure. Um, if you're a Patreon, before I forget, uh, there we have SU Oddities. They're out there. And, Josh, you're doing your part uh, on putting some stuff on YouTube in a video format, which is cool. Um, that'll be available for the masses here shortly, but you know, they're just little snippets and I think if you are a Patreon stranger, yeah, you know, write us com. Let us know what you think. Um, they're just little snippets that I find that we find that are just weird and you know, we throw them out there. They're, they're not a full length of the episode. They last anywhere from like five to 15 minutes. They're just fun little, um, I don't know, brain sucking tidbits, I guess is, is the word for it. So Anyway. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, like you can also message us or leave comments on them in the in Patreon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Just don't do it on YouTube because I just found out <laughs> that we get YouTube. We actually had YouTube comments and they're all like three years old.
1: <laughs> it's pathetic. We're so pathetic with YouTube. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, strangers, no one seemed to uh, be super engaged in the video stuff on you on Patreon. It's not a great format for it. So we're just going to go straight to youtube with the video stuff but shane's gonna give you like extra audio stuff there that's yep. just for you guys
1: yep yep audio is easy to listen to i think easier to digest through you through patreon than it would be you know anything else so uh, let us know if you like that format and meanwhile so um i don't know man you ready to get into some news we might as well i guess i guess we're sitting here just wasting everybody's time for no apparent reason um, got some good stuff. I said earlier that I've been sitting on some things, you know, because we took a little bit of a hiatus. And so there's one or there's at least one article that's not like fresh, fresh. Um, and I'll cover that here later on. But this one here, this dropped January 25th. Um, it's actually from exempt Uh And again, just some uh, fun cryptid news. For those of you who are caught up, you know, you know, we had Lon Strickler on the show. Uh, and of course, he's he's a large crypto guy. It was great to have him on. Hope to have him on again. And this falls right in his wheelhouse. So alleged Bigfoot video recorded in Ohio, Salt Fork State Park, which, you know, I keep hearing Ohio is a hotspot for Bigfoots. You know, and Lon was talking like in his, you know, Kentucky, Chicago, it just some, you don't. I know it's weird where these cryptids really are being seen a lot. I, I guess you wouldn't think it very traditional for them to be seen in a certain area, but, you know, it is what it is. So it says, these Bigfoot hunters meant business when they want to investigate uh, Salt Fork State Park in Ohio for signs of the legendary Sasquatch. Mysterious footage of a large and hairy bipedal creature is teased before the rest of the search is shown. They begin their hunt at a warning sign indicating there are dangerous cliff areas ahead and to stay on the marked trail. Beyond the path, they find a surprisingly large number of bones, again, presumably the remains of the deer. Uh, so they got permission, basically, in advance to run drones at the park and go to the park. And there's a video on this that you can check out on YouTube. I just typed in Bigfoot in Salt Fork uh, or Bigfoot in Ohio. It'll pop right up. It's one of the second or third Yeah, ones I'm sure it'll there. be the only one that does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, they were forced to land the drone earlier than anticipated when the weather became incooper- uh, uncooperative. The They unexpected snow. Um, so it kind of screwed up the whole thing. Uh, so they use the opportunity to hike back to where they thought they saw something with intention of trying to get closer footage with cameras on the ground. It seems to be where they shot the teaser footage shown in the beginning, and something that could be a Bigfoot is seen for a few moments. And again, if you watch the video, it's amongst the trees, and it's coming and going, and it's just, I don't know, again, as much as I want to get my hopes up about these things, it, it's again one of those grainy video footages that why why people so anyway but it is claimed and it's actually making the rounds um i want to piggyback off this article because there was another one where there was a couple of environmental scientists that got together and did theories about why people are saying big folks what it could be and we've heard this pop up I'd say every like four or five years, I see the same article, but it's written by different people, and it may just be a brain dump thing too. I, I don't know, but they're saying, "Hey, most of the Bigfoots are actually black bears, you know, walking around or in the bushes, or people get you know whatever have you." I, again, I don't know how true it is. Black bears we, aren't all that big, though. They're not, but that one in Utah. In fact, when I lived in Salt Lake, there was one. There was one that looked pretty legitimate, and there was another one that well, I can't remember if it was Ogden or above knee high one was proved that hey this might be a thing the other one was like no nah, it's a bear when you're you're it's all your perspective right like how far you're away oh yeah all that that has stuff to do with it as you're looking sure
0: and like if you're looking you know. at something weird you might think it's bigger than right than it is right. but and that that makes sense but what about like when they find scratch marks that are super high <laughs> Right.
1: i mean exactly. i guess black
0: bears yeah. can climb trees but eh. yeah But there's not, like, climb marks. There's just, like, this is a seven-foot-tall broken branch. Okay. Like, black bear's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Without getting up in the tree and breaking it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know, you know. So says me, Mr. Wildlife Expert, who's definitely (laughs) seen a black bear in real life.
1: I I I was going to say, Metcalf, what are you doing over there? Mutual of Omaha, you know, talking about all (laughs) all the animal sightings. Um, but you know oh, yet another report you know we'll see if it comes to fruition or not i've seen the video and i you know uh, on the fence with it as as everything else you know if it's not a grainy footage it's something that's probably cgi and it just is so fucking frustrating but yeah what what are you gonna do right so
0: uh, a friend of mine sent me a meme the other day that's like the format of like the sad cartoon guy talking to jesus and it was like why do you send me all your Bigfoot encounters? And then Jesus was like, because you're my blurriest photographer.
1: <laughs> That's so fucking true. And it's so funny. I just, <laughs> just oh, me up. I get it. Oh, Jesus. What do you, what do you got, man? Um,
0: well, this is going to be fun. Scientists invented a melting liquid robot that can escape from a cage. Are we talking Terminator two? What? Fuck yeah, we are. All right. Uh, so this is from the Washington Post. Go fuck yourself, Mr. Bezos. Uh, <laughs> this tiny robot can melt, escape from pr- a prison by sliding through the secure bars, and then reform into a solid and complete tasks. Uh, the metal microbot made out of liquid metal micro p- particles that can be steered and reshaped by external magnetic fields has been widely compared to the character T-1000 in the Terminator movie oh, there franchise. It is. There it is. A cyborg assassin played by Robert Patrick that could morph his way around solid objects before embarking on a murderous rampage. Mm. Uh, but in contrast with the film, the inventors of this robot believe their discovery can be used for good, uh, uh, yay, particularly <laughs> in clinical and mechanical settings, uh, by reaching hard-to-reach spaces. The robot okay. was presented as part of a study into the metal microparticles uh, known as a type of mag-, mag magneto magnetoactive wow today's been hard <laughs> magnetoactive phase transitional matter that can morph shape move quickly be controlled easily and carry many times its own body weight the scientists behind the study who published their findings Wednesday in the journal Matter created the robot using a composite of metals with lo- with a low melting point. Uh, this material can achieve Terminator 2-like performance, including fast movement and heavy load bearing when it is in its solid state and shape-changing in its liquid state. Chang Feng Pan, an engineer at the Chinese University of Hong Kong who co-authored the study, told the Washington Post. Hmm. When asked about his discovery and the comparisons being made to the Terminator movies, Potentially, this material system can be used for applications in flexible electronics, healthcare, and robotics. Uh, By blasting the robot with magnetic fields at alternating currents, scientists increase its temperature from 95 degrees Fahrenheit to, uh, oh, sorry, increased its temperature to 95 Fahrenheit. Doesn't say from what, and caused it to morph from a solid into a liquid state in one minute, 20 seconds. Once wow. transformed into liquid metal, the figurine could be steered through the narrow gaps of its locked cage by more magnets demonstrating its morphability and there's a video it's like it's like a little lego minicar mini figure oh, okay. that's made out of this stuff that like hmm. and there's a video of it like melting and then oozing through the bars and then standing back up it's actually pretty crazy. cool crazy um it is in uh, the first time Sorry, it is the first time a material capable of both shifting shape and carrying heavy loads has been identified for use in microbots, according to the scientists at the Chinese Hong Kong uh, at the Chinese Hong Kong and American universities who worked on the study. Solving a riddle that has confounded miniature robot makers who previously struggled to achieve both morphability and strength in their designs. In its liquid form, the robot could be made to elongate, divide, and merge. In solid form, it was steered at speeds exceeding three miles per hour, and carried wow. heavy objects up to thirty times its own weight. The combination means a robot made from the material could be deployed to fix electronics in difficult-to-reach places. Uh, for example, working as a makeshift screw for the electronics, or for electronic soldering in tight spaces. Um, In another experiment, researchers demonstrated how the robot could be deployed inside a model human stomach to remove an unwanted foreign object. Scientists steered the solid-form robot, measuring less than 0.4 inches in width, through the fake organ until it had located the foreign object. It was then melted by remotely controlled magnetic fields, stretched in its new liquid metal state around the object, and once securely hugging it, Cooled back into a solid, allowing it to tow the foreign object out of the chamber. That does not sound dangerous at all.
1: That's right. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> God, There's crazy. a video of that,
0: too, by the way. Um, the shape shifting material is the latest in a string of developments across the burgeoning field of miniature robotics as scientists race to identify potential medical and mechanical applications for tiny robots in everyday life. Recent microbiotic. Micro- microbiotic sure recent micro robotic (laughs) innovations include robots small enough to potentially crawl through human arteries intelligent enough to be taught to swim and others capable of flying through the air powered by tiny onboard power supplies we're still early in the exploration of what kind of materials can do this brad nelson a professor of robotics at eth zurich who was not part of the study told the washington post one of the most interesting areas of research in micro robotics right now is in clinical applications, particularly the delivery of drugs to the brain for treating blood clots, he adds, which that sounds pretty mm, cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: while the metal microbot unveiled on Wednesday is instructive, its use of neodymium. Diaminium, iron boron uh, toxic to humans means it would only be clinically safe for use inside humans if it were completely removed from the body afterward nelson says which uh, that sounds dangerous uh, the folks that are already looking at clinical applications of these devices we want to look at materials that can degrade in the body remain in the body without causing harm to the patient nelson said uh, for Pan, the comparisons between his creation and Terminator's T-1000 character are understandable, but limited in how far they could be taken. Our robot still needs an external heater for melting an external magnetic field for controlling the movements and shape-changing, he said. Terminator is fully autonomous. Uh, Nelson also argues that the risk of Inadvertently creating a real-life cyborg assassin is not something to worry about.
1: <laughs> I don't see
0: any possibility of injecting something into somebody and then the microbots swim into their brain and take over their thoughts or something crazy like that. The technology isn't there, and I don't see it going there. Nelson At says, adding that the technology to be tested in clinical settings, there would be safeguards in place
1: to protect against such risks. And that's what they said at Skynet and Cyberdyne systems as well. I might. (laughs) You're going to bring that shit up. I was wondering how many times you were going to mention Terminator through that whole fucking article. And boy, they, they heaved it in there pretty good, didn't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I was going to say it's clickbait bullshit, but it fucking worked. Oh, it worked man. on me anyway.
1: That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I see, uh, I picture some dangerous shit going on there. I, I think maybe they need to uh, fine tune some things before they, they release it to the masses. I mean, neat, but mm, I don't know. Toxic yeah. chemicals and such. Oh. Let's make this
0: certain. Surgery microbot out of stuff that's toxic to humans. Why the fuck yep. not?
1: Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I will. I will see your metallic melting robots that can do shit, and I will raise you the first modular body. You ready for this one? This falls Wait, right up the wheelhouse. This modular body thing. So this is a article by Tim Newcomb uh, from Parthymechanics uh, Biologist Cornelius. Of course, his name is Cornelius. Why wouldn't it be? Every mad scientist has a crazy name. Biologist Cornelius Vlasman envisions the human body as a working biological Lego system. And his clickable system of interchanging human human organs is coming to life, if you're willing to define life fairly loosely. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, in an experiment, Blastman created Oscar, a living organic being formed from his own cells, albeit one that functions with the help of technology. And if having a pocket-sized human system crafted from organic material wasn't interesting enough, Oscar is fully modular. Here's where you can start thinking Lego-like words, uh, with each part interchangeable to create unique arrangements. Uh, I stumble on this, and this is, <clears throat> wow, this guy's got something here, but I, again, it, it's crazy. It... it Sounds like a board game. It's fucking insane. Uh, So it goes on. This content is imported from YouTube. You may be able to find some of the same content in other format, yada, yada, uh, at their website. But in the video, recently unearthed by Newsbreak's Andrea Tapalaga, Flasman shows off how his brain module, which is a fully electric device, connects to his lung module. The two immediately start interacting together. He adds in a kidney module and then attaches two different limb modules that, quote, start actuating the organism to move. As organic matter starts sliding across the table, it makes you start to worry about what Oscar is up to. Uh, the creator, Vlasman, says this prototype, with the bloodstream and nerve signals transmitted through the connectors, changes the human body from a closed system to an open source system. Um So there's that. So, quote, this is from him. If an organ gets ill, you can easily replace it with a new one, he says. While suggesting you could upgrade the body with an extra limb module, if desired, the modular body will become alterable and adaptable to all kinds of situations. Uh, That's not fucking scary whatsoever. Um, Anyway, by collecting his own cells, Vlasman spent years constructing the living organism. The experiment shows off the power of stem cell research for morphing into human tissue all while highlighting the interaction between technology and the human body. For Oscar to work, it takes more than just cells, as a module in Vlasman's experiment required an electric brain to still operate. Still, Vlasman believes this set, it sets in motion a new wave of taking care of the human body. Instead of printing organs with a focus on identical copies of spare parts, he wants something different. Quote, we need to use this opportunity, he says, not to maintain, but to redefine mankind. Ah, yeah, that's not mad scientist shit at all. But. That
0: sounds like uh, like uh, the singularity type shit. But I mean, hey man, give me a new liver. I want to start drinking again.
1: Yeah, no shit, right? I mean, <laughs> that's what you you're gonna get? It's just crazy, you know. And then on a side, I'll note have a too, robot liver, please. Maybe some robot <laughs> lungs. I miss running. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen? Uh, back to movies again. You've seen Happy Time Murders, right? With Melissa McCarthy and.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. With the it's like not they're not Muppets because Muppet is owned by yeah the
1: Henson thing all
0: that bullshit and and they would never allow that. No, (laughs) no, they absolutely would not. I fucking loved it, by the way, because I'm a huge Muppets fan,
1: and I was like, yeah, Muppets for adults. (laughs) This is fucking tight. (laughs) I love it. You want some rotten cotton? I'm a girl that's okay i fucking love <laughs> that show but yeah it's like it you reminded a- me it reminded
0: <laughs> me of that tv show from like the late 90s early 2000s with seth green where like it was kind of a similar press prep like uh puppets were real like that oh um, okay i, I, um, I can't I remember what that. it was called but he was like yeah. a tv producer or something and he and a lot of the cast were puppets and they had like a count puppet and he would and he was always trying to get him to say I but he couldn't <laughs> pronounce it right. He was like,
1: I get the blah got anyway, it out. I I bring it up because it's like, you know, Melissa McCarthy, who's a human, actually has a puppet liver, and so she, you know, drinks like maple syrup, like it's fucking whiskey. Like it's just fucking hilarious. I mean, it just I shit, forgot about that. It's fucking funny. Anyway, no, it's crazy. And now nowadays, you know, every other article, it seems, man, is like AI. I were making these like people are using AI now to research and study and write, um, reports and like, it's becoming a, it's becoming a thing. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a scary world we're living in when we're not paying attention to how fast we're moving with this stuff. You know, what, could possibly go wrong, Shane. right? Right, I ask. I you. don't know. I nothing. What it's has totally science fiction been
0: right? warning about us? It's all the chicken years. shit, man.
1: right? Exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Oh my god. But with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break, we're gonna come back, and uh, yeah, we'll see what else you got uh, on the palette there, Josh. Um, stand by, everybody. We will be right back. Believe in UFOs All right, and we're back. Um, what more titillating things do you have on your side? Well, speaking of entertainment
0: and awesome TV shows, uh, have you been watching The Last of Us?
1: I did start that. Actually, I'm on the second one. It's it's pretty it's pretty good. I'm like, "Oh, it. dude, episode 3 is a fucking heartbreaker, man. It's oh, so good." Don't say Offerman dies. Uh, I'm, gonna uh, I'm
0: not going to spoil anything. <laughs> Like I just did, okay. Um, but it is one of the like most beautiful hours of television.
1: Oh, awesome! Like it's okay. it's
0: really fucking good. Um, cool, cool. keep the
1: keep the box of tissues next to you. Oh, I hate that shit. I cry at certain commercials, man. I can't do this. I'm too emotional. I I just okay. All right. Fair uh, enough. There's uh, a warning.
0: I, you know how like they play it r- again right after mm-hmm. it airs. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice in a row. Holy shit. It's, Okay. Real fucking good. Okay.
1: All right. No, but
0: yeah. So anyway, the next story is the real zombie fungus that inspired HBO is the last of us. <laughs> of course. Okay. <laughs> um, humans will probably never face a fungal apocalypse, but in the insect world, mind controlling fungi can be, can pose a serious threat. And it's got a picture of uh, the fungus destroying what looks like used to be a wasp or a scorpion or something. Mm. So that's appetizing. Um, Let's see. Oh, it's an ant. Anyway, in typical. Oh, this is from the Smithsonian Smithsonian Smithsonian.com. Okay. Um, In typical zombie apocalypse stories like the walking dead, world war Z and train to Busan, a virus quickly transforms people into bloodthirsty monsters. But the last of us, a new HBO show based on a video game of the same name bucks convention in a couple of ways. Uh, For one, the pathogen-carrying human hosts are not undead, quote-unquote. They're still alive, and it's not a virus that infected them, but rather a fungus. There's a fungus among us, anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) What's more, the fungus exists in real life. It is a real thing. Uh, The game's creators have said that they were inspired by a segment from BBC's Planet Earth documentary series in which a fungus takes over the mind of an ant. Uh, some parts of the show are, of course, fantastical. Uh, the apocalyptic takeover of the human species by a mind-controlling fungal pathogen is implausible. David Hughes, an entomologist at Penn State University who advised on the video game, tells the Washington Post's Kasha Patel. Uh, but other parts are inspired by real science, as well as the as well as ideas about climate change and disease that scientists are grappling with today. It's not far-fetched to me, Matthew Casson, uh, my uh, mycologist at West Virginia University, says of the fungi in the show to the ringers, Claire McNeil, uh, they are stranger than fiction. In the planet Earth clip that inspired the game, and, oh boy, an Ophiocordyceps fungus infects a bullet nailed ant. Nailed it. Right. What's that? <laughs> That's a nailed it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Now I'm never going to be able to say it again. Um, it, it, anyway, and... Ophiocordyceps fungus infects a bullet ant. Got it. Uh, writes Fox's Benji Jones. The fungus grows inside the insect, turning about half its body into fungus, but it leaves the ant's brain intact, which sounds horrible, mm. allowing it to manipulate the insect's behavior. Uh, Ophiocordyceps directs the ant to climb a branch where it dies. Then the fungus grows from the ant's head. Enabling it to effectively spread spores and infect more hosts.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Sweet, right? Mm. Um, Thirty-five known Ophiocordyceps species can influence the behavior of insects, and experts estimate that hundreds more have yet to be discovered. Uh, Joao Araujo, sure, Sure. a mycologist at the New York Botanical Gardens, tells CNN's Kate. Golembi we- go- Golumbiuski. She's probably related to you, uh, but scientists aren't concerned about these fungi infecting humans. Uh, They're super species specific. carissa De Becker, who studies zombie ants at Utrecht University in the Netherlands, tells CNN. I don't want to interrupt you
1: real quick, dude. But what kind of gig is that? Like, what do you do? Oh, I study zombie ants. You don't say. i'm sure that's not her official title (laughs)
0: but still
1: if it is i want to see the business
0: card because that's awesome probably some type of mycologist that specializes in uh cordyceps and ants right (laughs) would be the professional way to say it okay um but uh um let's see humans have very different bodies from these insects so she's saying don't worry fellas uh still a few themes of the show hits on are sorry a few themes the show hits on are relevant to scientists today uh one is that fungal infections in humans are relatively understudied and difficult to treat while we inhale fungal spores with every breath we take most of them are harmless de becker tells vox of the 1.5 to 5 million fungus species humans only become ill from a few hundred of them uh which mostly threaten immunocompromised people writes the post But more than 300 million people around the world get a serious fungal infection annually, and about 1.5 million of them die, reported Wired's Rose Eveleth in 2021. Part of what makes these infections deadly is that they can be difficult to treat. Fungi are more closely related to animals than they are plants, Kesson tells The Ringer. It's hard to combat them, even combating ourselves, or it's hard to combat them without combating ourselves, so it's hard to get rid of them without. Uh, hurting ourselves um so they have to come up with specialized types of compounds that can kill the fungi without harming the host humanity should be investing more in learning about what is the largest kingdom on the planet arturo Casavataval, a microbiologist at johns hopkins told wired the Last of Us also suggests that part of what primed the planet for the fungal takeover is its warming temperatures. Most fungi prefer temperatures lower than those of the human body, De Becker tells Vox. The show posits that as fungi adapt to a warmer planet, they could be better suited to infect humans. Scientists are already considering this theory. Thank you, video game designers. Jesus. Uh, it's not outlandish, the argument that global warming has increased the thermal tolerance of a fungi. Uh, Ian Schwartz, who... Studies invasive fungal infections at Duke University tells vultures Roxana Hadadi. Lots um, of names in this. God. It hasn't been proven. It's a hypothesis, and it's happening on a fairly slow scale. But it is possible. Cool. 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 <laughs> um, for one, the fungus Candida auris, which is resistant to some antifungal drugs and threatens people with weakened immune systems, is theorized to have adapted to humans' body temperature, per the publication. But don't panic. I mean,
1: I was panicking, but apparently I was panicking don't panic. a little bit, but they're okay. They're telling me not to. All right. Okay. Um,
0: a widespread fungal pandemic is unlikely because of how the infections spread in humans. Demetrios Kantoyanis, a mycologist at the University of Texas, tells CNN. There's a lot of serious concerns in the world, but this isn't one of them, Schwartz says to Vulture regarding the show's premise. But the current global pandemic could increase the risk of humans... Uh, that humans face from fungal foes. Maybe a larger portion of the population will be immunocompromised due to things like COVID-19 and other viruses that may predispose us to subsequent invasion by these generally pervasive fungi. Kassan tells the ringer. So sleep fucking
1: tight. My friends. Thanks for that article. That's fuck. I'll put my soft head down tonight. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate
0: yeah that one. well uh also about episode three they do explain how it started which is pretty cool because most zombie oh. shows don't ever give yeah, yeah. you an explanation of what actually happened for sure yeah. and uh i found out that the because the, it does if you're i know you don't care shane but if your <laughs> audience someone who played the games and loved the story um and you've noticed that through the first couple episodes it doesn't deviate from the storyline of the game all that much. Hmm. And when they do, it just expands on it. That is because the people who are writing and producing the show wrote and produced the video game. Oh. So when it does do something that's different from the video game, y'all could consider that
1: canon if you wanted to and not have to like sweat it. Oh well. That's it. I didn't know that. I know there was a, it was based on a game, but I, I don't I've never played it, so I had no clue. Oh, huh, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah no worries there that's an awesome article man yeah i love it oh, don't worry this won't happen yeah that's what they said about it a global might. pandemic so fucking fantastic you know here we are so wow dude um yeah and i think i stumbled on that too i think i've seen videos where i wanted it wasn't an ant but it was it looked like it was a it was a wasp or a fly something but literally the all the insides of it were gone and it was just crawling around on the leaves and It it just seeing something like that, like still trying to survive in nature. Oh yeah, it's a it's a fucking horror show for sure. So anyway, well, I've got one here that, and I will. So I'm going to put out a quick little note disclaimer to everybody. I'm not wanting to cover this because I think it's we think it's funny. It's this and that. More than anything, I've been sitting on this here for about like two weeks. It's something that happened in India, I believe. And more than anything, it is—it's horrible that it happened. But at the same time, it is unbelievable it happened, and unbelievable how other things happened during it. Like it's almost too—it's it, just too hard to believe. And that's why well, I want to cover it because it's crazy, not because of what actually occurred. I just want to I want to put the disclaimer out there because we're not into like murder and shit like that. But this is uh, a—it's fucking. Where are, in, are we? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. But th- this is insane. Uh, this article by Rachel Wang. Six people die after having their throats slit by kite strings at kite festival. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I saw the look on your face, Josh. Are they not um, using just like regular ass? No. Or was there like a fucking hurricane force? Uh, wind within them the yeah. around? <laughs> A
1: little bit of everything here. Like I said, this is a horrible story, but if you look back on perspective of what the fuck that happened, that's why I'm doing it. So, Six people, including three small children, which, awful, uh, have died of multiple horrific kite accidents after illegal strings wrapped around their necks and slit their throats. According to police, hundreds of kite enthusiasts were injured when they attempted to duel with the toys in midair in the western state of Gujarat. Uh, residents headed to their roofs and terraces uh, to participate in the festival. However, some kite fighters used razor-sharp cords to take theirs to the sky before it ended in disaster. So basically, they're using these strings to cut the other kites down. It's like a big you know, kite battle monster thing in the sky, evidently. Um, the children killed included two girls, aged two and three, and, and a seven-year-old boy. To make matters worse, none of the children were actually participating in the festivities when they were fatally wounded. Uh, police Ooh. told NDTV... <laughs> fucking, this is just crazy. Uh, told NDTV, seven-year-old Rashab was riding with his parents on a motorized scooter, having just bought their own kite to take part in the festival when his throat was slit. Two-year-old Curdy was also riding on a motorized scooter when she became entangled and her throat was cut. She was rushed to the hospital for treatment but later died. Three-year-old Kazmat was walking home with her mother when a thread came in contact with her neck. She was rushed to the hospital but was declared dead on arrival. Wait, it gets worse. According to police, incidents were reported in the districts of Vadadara, Kush, and Kannanagar. A further three men lost their lives while riding their motorbikes when they were cut down by kite strings. As per news agency Press Trust of India, emergency services recorded a total of. (laughs) Fucking wait for it. 130 people that were injured by cuts from kites. A further 46 were injured after falling from roofs while flying kites during the festival. Emergency services also saw a spike in road accidents linked to the festival in recent days, with 461 cases on January 15th and 820 on January 14th. According to the Statesman News Service, 188 people have since been arrested for selling Chinese nylon kite strings coated with powdered glass. What the fuck? Uh, Yeah, no shit, right? Uh, fucking talk
0: oh my god anyway i mean even just nylon string like what what's wrong with just uh,
1: and, and whatever gotta, the you, regular ass right. string that comes with the right kite and somebody's making the shit that's what get anyway Almost done here with this horrific fucking weird story. Commercial police, uh, Sanch Kane Singh Gill said they received nearly 200 reports of vendors selling the band strings, which now have been linked to numerous fatalities, injuries and injuries to wildlife. So not only do they have fucking people dying off roofs and there's loads cut. Now animals are involved in this bullshit. Uh, "Quote as per the directions of Chief Minister Bhagwant Mann, uh, the Punjab Police will strict uh, will take strict action against those buying or selling Chinese kite flying strings," he said. Gill added that Punjab Police have taken strict action against those sellers trading in Chinese kite string and have so far recovered as many as ten thousand two hundred and sixty nine Chinese spools of the dangerous material. Isn't that something else? That's fucking I was like, weird, what dude. The fuck again? It's horrific, but kite strings—you're you're gonna sell this shit on I me? Mean, this is like a weird mini horror show. Fuck! If, if I've never heard of it, I, and yeah, I I just—well, I mean, like, uh, was it made to be kite string or was it misused? Yeah. You know? Well, how it reads, and I and I ran through a couple articles, and this is the best one that describes what it was, near as I can figure. Reading them. They these kite, this festival, there's people that are so into it that they literally battle with their own kites, and they thought it would give them a one up on cutting the other kites out of the sky by using these strings. So that's kind of like you know, like warplanes fighting. That's as near as I can figure. It's more of a battle of a kite contest for a small group of people, and that's why they were using these certain kinds of kite strings <laughs> coated with. Fucking powdered glass, just to like, like make them harder to break. I uh, guess harder to break and I, easier to cut for another. You know, somebody that's not using it, you're gonna cut that guy away, so he loses. I don't know if there's like trophies or something at the end of this thing. I, I'm assuming there are. Otherwise, who would go through this length to use the shit? I, I just, I don't know, uh, man. Dude. People get bored. I guess. I get. I know. It just blew me yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some yeah. kind of incentive or yeah. why even out of boredom. I don't know. Well, I don't piggyback on this too, and I'm not picking on China, but I'm picking on China. So uh, I did just before the podcast and I'm sure this news will come out. Cause we drop this usually on Sundays um, earlier for the Patreon. So if you want to listen to this earlier, you can become a Patreon member at patreoncom slash strange uncles. There's a cheap, um, cheap advertisement in there um, about an hour, oh, an hour and a half ago. I'm watching the news and over Billings, Montana, they uh, shot down a, what they think is a Chinese spy balloon of yeah some sort. I Did saw you catch something that? about that too <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway just uh, crazy shit happening across the world mm. in general so anyway again not to be a bearer of bad news but if nothing else I'm like how the fuck does this happen and, and here you go you know it, it's crazy absolutely crazy so any hook back to you you got something fun
0: yeah, um, I'm trying to decide, though. Do we want to go with boring NPR space stuff or uh, salacious vice news, weird shit in the ocean stuff? Ooh, salacious vice shit in the ocean stuff. That sounds fun. Vice it is, since they're very, very reputable. <laughs> <laughs> right? Some Sometimes. Depends on who's writing and what part of the website it, it's for. It's HitVis. It's HitVis for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. So mysterious white spots are appearing in the ocean and nobody knows why. Dun, dun, dun. A new study has revealed a mysterious increase in the so-called whiting events off the coast of the Bahamas. Whoa. It's even got a funky ass name. Cool. Uh, scientists have spotted a mysterious uptick in the appearance of unexplained patches of white water in the shallow waters off the coast of the Bahamas reports a new study based on satellite observations for almost a century, people have observed these so-called whiting events, which typically cover an area equivalent to a few hundred football fields, but nobody knows the exact cause of this phenomenon. Samples show that the discoloration is caused by fine-grained calcium carbonate that floats over the Bahaman, Bahama banks, which are uh, carbonate structures that surround the archipelago, but it's not clear why the grains clouds sporadically up- here at in the ocean Hmm. that was that's weird someone was using a bunch of ten dollar words in that paragraph i'll (laughs) tell you what (laughs) Uh, (laughs) to shed light on this enigma researchers from the university of south florida compiled the longest and most detailed space down view of the bahama bank whiting events using observations captured by NASA's Aqua satellite between 2003 and 2020. See we do get some space. Uh the team also trained a machine learning tool to analyze the images and approach that revealed a mysterious increase, quote unquote, in whiting events over the past decade which peaked in 2015 as well as seasonal patterns in these discolorations, according to a recent study in the journal, remote sensing of the environment. Wow. That's a journal, huh? <laughs> um, in a changing climate with decreased pH, IE ocean acidification, uh, which is not a good thing and increased temperature. One would expect slow, continuous change in whiting events said, Oh, wow. Sean Min hue. That was spelled very interestingly Nailed it. and oceanographer, <laughs> at the University of South Florida, uh, who co authored the study in an email to Motherboard. Ah, that's why this is good. It's Motherboard.
1: That makes it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: the former would lead to decreased events, while the latter would lead to increased events, at least according to theory, he added. However, what we observed was truly a surprise with a 10 year episode of increased whiting events. In addition to spotting the long-term patterns, the team found a large range of sizes and timeframes for the whiting events. Some patches vanished after a few days while others stuck around for as long as three months. And while the smallest event cover or sorry while the smallest events cover a mere fraction of a square mile the white discoloration regularly extends across more than 150 square miles from 2014 to 2015 an area roughly equivalent to the city of Detroit Michigan that is an odd comparison or Ireland right roughly the same size probably yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Ireland's the same size as Detroit sure sure yeah um (laughs) Those huge white patches represented the zenith of an overall increase in the total area of whiting events that occurred from 2003 to 2015. After 2015, the occurrence of such large patches gradually tapered off, reaching an average size of about 10 square miles by 2020. The seasonal and. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you ever just look at a word and you have a really hard time with it? And then you realize what it is and you're embarrassed that you had a All hard time with the it.
1: fucking time. <laughs> so welcome All to right, my world. Get a load
0: of this. The seasonal and de- decadal patterns. Okay. <laughs> That's what stumped me. Decadal uh, and decadal patterns <laughs> revealed by the study are certainly tantalizing, but they haven't yet unlocked the origin of the event. Though scientists have speculated that the phenomenon could be related to sporadic flourishing of microorganisms in the ocean, or to currents that drag calcium carbonate particles to the surface, these milky splashes in the Bahamas are still an unsolved riddle for it, at least for now. Uh, more field work is required to continuously monitor the ocean properties and processes, as well as whiting events, in order to have a better understanding. Who
1: concluded? That fucking weird, is, bro. wow, man, Mother Nature is wreaking havoc, right? Jesus, crazy shit. Uh, yeah, uh, amazing. I, You know, like I said, Mother Nature, absolutely. Well, I've got one to wrap up here um, on my sure. side. And this, to me, this isn't really strange and weird. is this, holy shit, yet again, we find something to reinvent and rewrite our own history as we know it. Um, I'm sure you stumble on this, but this is, uh, again, more fascinating than anything. 1.2 million old year factory found run by mystery, uh, Mystery Human Species. Um, I found this in different Fun. forms. Yeah, this is fucking amazing. Check this shit out. Stone tools discovered in Ethiopia seem to prove an ancient human species was running a workshop more than 1.2 million years ago. Yes, I said million, not a b, but an m. According to a recent study, a uh, planned human civilization existed in a region of what is now Ethiopia more than one two point million years ago, according to a study published in the January nineteenth in Nature. Researchers discovered obsidian axes at the Melka Contour archaeological site in the upper Awash Valley. Obsidian is a material previously thought to have been used almost exclusively in the later stages of the Stone Age, according to uh, IFL Science. Obsidian is a form of black volcanic glass that is incredibly delicate and dangerous to manipulate, according to the outlet. Within a layer of sediment roughly 1.2 million years old, uh, the team unearthed a hand axe workshop, reportedly the first to be dated to the early Pleioste- uh, era. Um, archaeological- Pleistocene era. Pleistocene. Pleistocene. I know. That like, go. Yeah. Struggle I mean, with a if word. I had to look at it and say it, I couldn't, but I, I, I know, I know what, what it sounds it like. Joy. Welcome to my world. Um, archaeological sites described as napping workshops are only recorded in the second half of the Middle Era and only in Europe so far, the researchers wrote. According to uh, IFL Science, most previous discoveries of uh, such Stone Age workshops were previously made in France and Great Britain, and all were associated with flint blades, the outlet reported. So, quote, generally speaking, obsidian is extensively used only from the Middle Stone Age onwards, the researchers continued, which... Again, the timeline here is just weird. Yet again, uh, we're finding something that is uh, kind of crazy. Some 578 stone tools were unearthed during the research, all but three of which were made from obsidian. Uh, quote, we show through statistical analysis that this was a focused activity, that very standardized hand axes were produced, and that this was a stone to a workshop. Well, oh, the first sweatshop. There you go. It explains it all. Um, It's unclear what early species of human created the tools, but whoever is reportedly added secondary retouches to the work. The consistency observed across all the tools can only be achieved through extensive skill development and significant dexterity, according to the outlet. Modern humans who work with obsidian wear protective gloves to avoid shredding their hands to ribbons while working with the material. Um, wow yeah isn't this fucking weird the standardized obsidian hand axes provide ample evidence of the repetitive use of fully mastered skills and they're confirming this the revelation is the latest of many that suggest establishment held doctrines of early human history are way way outdated these discoveries are best articulated by writer researchers such as Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson uh, who both chronicled evidence of repeated global catastrophes that could knock any intelligent civilization back uh, civilization sorry back to the Stone Age in a matter of days or years. And again, Graham Hancock. I take that guys for what it's worth. Ah, yes ancient apocalypse right exactly
0: but uh i was actually wow. putting his netflix series that i believe is called ancient apocalypse on to like help me fall asleep because he's just got one of those voices
1: <laughs> it, drives me it was it was crazy. hella
0: interesting oh like, it's it was interesting. really interesting but for
1: like 20 minutes
0: but it are like okay all right his <laughs> voice was just like i was like ah oh, yes good night
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's that but uh yeah man i you know and again i just fascinating uh 1.2 million and, and it's like, yet again, we'd uncovered something else. It's like, wait a minute, we were doing shit. I, I don't know. I, it just, that baffles me.
0: That's a lot longer than 30,000 years ago. Right. Which is a yeah. lot longer than, uh, I think that was like previously the outset of where they were saying people were civilized, but like, you're not going to have, uh, standardized mass production if That's, you don't have like some sort of a civilization for it you know what i mean yeah
1: exactly i mean you're looking like, at an over a million year old fucking workshop walmart type setup i mean
0: Gr- yeah like grick and grom aren't gonna be mass producing axes right. grunting at each other right, with exactly. gloves and shit you well know now I mean?
1: how old is like gold Tempe? because they said that that was the first one of the first societies i get you know where they built a. uh to- i don't
0: think that it goes back to a million years man i uh, know i don't either. i mean i could be wrong because it's been a while since i've looked at anything about that but i don't think it's a million years like like they're like i think ten thousand bc is when they're when what up until at least very recently the standard like this is when humans became like civilized right. was right. what they were saying we
1: start actually making society basically yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that does crazy.
0: lend credence to a lot of the Graham Hancock's kind of wild theories, which mm. some of them I'm like,
1: okay. I You know what? There's a couple. I read this article the other day, and I was going to actually pull it up and do this. But uh, they're saying now that, you know, you talk about Atlantis. Uh, they think that maybe uh, it's underneath Africa, you know, and it was caused by a shift. And, I mean, there's always these weird fucking theories. Some of them are very crackpot. And then others, when you stumble on something like this, you're like, wait a minute. Did, is it possible we fucking wiped ourselves out more than once? I mean, I, it's, not, oh, very possible. it's not out of the fucking realm, right?
0: Or even so. just like civilizations got going. And even if they were just on par with like, like ancient civilizations that we're aware of, mm-hmm. they could have happened all over the place a bunch of times and just natural disasters could have wiped them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, look how like, long it takes you, for mother nature to take over a city with nobody in it, you know, not long, no, not long at all. So,
0: and you also got to look at like ice age type stuff, right? Because throughout known human history, something like 70 to 90% of human populations are along like coastlines and waterways, right? Like rivers and stuff. Um, so during the ice age, those sea levels and lake levels and river levels go down. Mm -hmm. And so the civilizations and the, and the settlements of the people are going to go, to the edge of the water with them. And then as the ice thaws and those levels, those water levels start rising, all that shit's going to end up underwater. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I mean like, in my opinion, that's why, like the whole like flood myth, is pretty much universal.
1: Exactly through you know. through a bunch of different cultures and belief systems, for sure. You know, and and I'll and again, not to you know what you used earlier, Chicken Little. I, man, we're in a fucking tough place right now. I mean, you know, Western states are drying up. We got climate change going on. We got Antarctica. We got fucking glaciers the size of states dropping off. I mean, it's not it's not ideal. It's not ideal. So. I don't know. You know, we'll see where it goes, but I stumble on this. I was like, and then yet again, you know, a civilization that they don't know of, like, so what was in that area at that time couldn't do this to what we know, but that's not the case now, according to that, you know, it's just, I don't know. It just, yeah. I mean, again, like maybe there were
0: people there before and they moved or something happened and they went away. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. Yeah. Died off or whatever. Very possible. So, Anyway, so um I, I don't know, do you got anything else on your side? That's kinda all I've got. No, I can smell dinner. I know, that's the same thing. We got we got some stuff we gotta do. Um, there is one more thing that I want to throw out there, and this actually goes back to what we were talking about earlier uh, in regards to the quick little SU Oddity. So one of the Oddity episodes, and I cannot remember which way. It might not be out yet, actually. Uh, there was an article uh, that was entitled, Science has finally cracked the mystery of why so many people believe in conspiracy theories. Uh, I think it took me like eight minutes to read through, and it is Fascinating, because right now this world or this country, but the world in general, especially this country, uh, seems to thrive off conspiracy theories. And there's the line between what's real and what's truth and what's not is slowly getting in a race as we kind of know it. Um, scary times for people who you know are sitting on different sides of the fence. Very interesting article. Um, check it out if you're a Patreon member for sure. And then for regular listeners, you know we'll have that out to you here soon, eventually, whatever have you. But uh yeah, just want to throw it out there. It's actually from Insider and it's written by Adam Rogers. So if you want to look it up, again, science has finally cracked the mystery of why so many people believe in conspiracy theories. And it's uh it it's kind of really you don't think about it till you read it, and then you go, Oh yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. So
0: Well, I mean, I in my opinion, it's a couple things. One, there have been real ones like the government has done some fucked up shit True. that we know True. they absolutely fucking did.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Two, people are like there's much less community especially in this country than there used to be right like real life community like everyone's isolated and online instead of out talking to their peers at like the elks club or fucking whatever stuck in their own
1: little jar and they they don't have little yep
0: like real life people that they know and trust that will look at them and be like what the fuck are you talking about right And kind of set them straight, you know, and then by the time they do get to that, they're too far fucking gone. And that's why you get all these QAnon people that are like, I lost my family over this. And it's like, well, when your family was like, what the fuck are you talking about? That, yeah, it's a good sign that you're up in the night
1: there, my dude. And you're, and so you're right indirectly, but there's a reason that, that there's one thing that puts people in that mindset and in that lane and it, well, no. Well, okay. Sure. Throw them out there. Why? Do you got any? Oh, I'm just kidding. Ah, whatever. <laughs> oh, later on. Are you, do you a got cop? Any? You have to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's just, it's very simple. And it, it was glaringly obvious, but uh, you don't really think about it until you do it. And it does go back to getting stuck in your own bubble. Being behind a laptop, keyboard commandos, all this other bullshit. You're you only got two channels on the news, and you're sitting in a farm in Kansas, and this guy's telling you he can save your fucking ranch. I mean, there's a lot of things to it, but it really comes down to one simple thing. I will have that out for the patrons to listen to, and it's very uh, it's very interesting. So, oh, you bastard! Yeah, I know, right? It's like a soap opera. Wait to be continued. So, what a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> so that's all we got for you. Again, we do this monthly. If you're a new listener, oh, we we'll try to do monthly, you know, give or take. They're fun. They're fun little tidbits uh, to cover around the around the world for what's going on. Um, if you have any ideas, you guys have articles that you stumbled upon, you know, by all means, you can send them our way. You can email us at strangejunkles at uh, gmail dot com. Um, we are vaguely on Twitter, vaguely on Instagram. If you want to tag us and and throw a story out there, uh, I'll probably catch her on Twitter. I, Josh might catch her on Instagram. We're, you know. Email's eh, the best way probably I'm do I'm not it. making any promises on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not either. You, you heard the doubt in my voice already. So I'm not
0: uh, even making any promises. I'll actually post anything at this point. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but let us know. I do and my then, best, guys.
1: I <laughs> and do my we can, best. We can go from there. Uh, how are we looking on socials, man?
0: Well, as you n- mentioned, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Strange Uncles. Uh, we're on Instagram at Strange Uncles Podcast. Those posts, when they do happen, get pushed to Facebook, but neither one of us ever looks at Facebook. So, uh, if that's your preferred social media platform, sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Um, not sorry.
0: So. And uh, we do have a YouTube channel that we're working on getting new content for. So, go check that out. Support us. Leave comments that I'll see three years from now. <laughs> um, and, You're so confident, sir.
1: Uh, Patreon. We talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. I it. mean, give us your money. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it does take much for sure. But um, anyway, that's all we got. We do have a guest next week, I think, and then uh, I will see you, sir. Probably little less than a month, and we'll. I think that'll be wrap around the time we'll do another news episode. We'll do it in person. It's always good to see you, you know, in public and and, uh, and personally, so we can go from there. But that's really all we got. I think. Uh, good luck on the news. Good luck on surviving and uh, close the gates.